Welcome to Your Property Podcast with me, Ant Lyons. Oh, I'm sorry to introduce you. I'm me and Harry Darwin. <laughs> ready for it then. <laughs> Wake up, Harry. Come on, we've got an early morning interview. Oh, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was Ant that wasn't ready before, but now I can switch right away. I know. But it's good. It's all good. So look, on today's podcast, if you're joining us on today's podcast, if you're listening to the podcast now, it's a really, really cool one in, in loads of ways. We're talking to two uh, good friends and old friends of YPN um, and two investors and developers. I've got a massive amount of admiration for and they do some very, very special looking projects. And we're going off piste today and we're, we're, we're talking about other types of property investment. So moving away from the kind of, you know, your standard single lets or HMOs and stuff in the private rental sector and moving across and putting our hospitality hats on, I guess. So uh, to join me today um, from, I guess their, their brand would be the, the, the Hotel One Broad Street. I've got Stuart Scott and Carly Houston. So hopefully you can both hear me okay. Yeah. Yes, hello. Yeah, I am. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you. So this article is going in the magazine and we get thousands of people download and listen to the podcast uh, every, uh, every single month. And it would be fair to say that your, the project that we're talking about today, it looks a little different to most of the stuff that's out there, yeah? Yeah, I mean, we, we, uh, it's, it's a hotel project. Um, and we wanted to do something a bit different. We thought the market, the, the hotel market, had um, an opportunity for disruption to do something a bit different, to change the business model a little bit, systemize it, self-service it. And obviously, the product itself is uh, is very different and, and unique as well. Okay. Now, Carly, you are no stranger to the pages of YPN. I think you might be in the magazine more often than I am these days. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and when we've spoken to you before, Carly, in, in I, I guess with your, your other sort of business uh, head on, um, you've been sort of housing people who are, I guess, you know, the very vulnerable people in society, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So I sort of the, the, the core business that I have with my sister, Kirsten, who you, you know well as, as well, is um, we work with, um, we buy very rundown properties, uh, convert them, refurb them to a really good standard and then uh, work with charities to house people that are facing homelessness. So we've kind of been doing that since the start of our property journey and, and still continuing to do that now. We've just literally finished renovating a, a 14 unit uh, project on the south coast um, and we've got a charity that we're handing that over to next week so that's still very much um something that i'm very passionate about and it's the core business that i work with with my sister and then um but this has been a really interesting project it's working with stuart so we've known each other for a couple of years and um well i don't know how long is it about three years now um and um we we just had this idea, I can't, one day, a couple of years ago, like, why don't we buy a hotel together? And then that was, and, and then it just sort of evolved from there. And it's been really nice for me because I'm a sort of creator profile. So it's been really great to get into that, uh, work with someone else creative and, and mm. come up with all the ideas to, to do this project. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be a lot of reining of creative ideas in. We don't get reined in because you've got two creators. There's no reining in. <laughs> <laughs> we have to, we have to every now and again go, oh. actually, let's have a, let's have a reining in session. Yeah. <laughs> you've, got an account, you've got an accountant sat there in the corner somewhere scouring. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
yeah. we have to be careful. Yeah. So Stuart, we've looked at some of your projects before in the pages of YPN, and they're some very cool looking projects. I think they're very unique. Um, in fact, when we did the article with you before, it was about sort of disrupting the HMO market and co-living yeah. spaces and offering yeah. something that's very different. And in the pages of the magazine, and if anybody's listening to the podcast, we'll give you the opportunity to download this article so you can see some of that stuff. Um, your stuff looks very, very different. It's very innovative. I guess aimed at sort of quite a, a, a young market. Um, so I want to understand making the transition from, you know, you've both got backgrounds in HMOs into hospitality. So what was the thought process behind it? Was it just that you saw a gap in the market? Yeah, we very, very much saw a gap in the market. I mean, I think we were both looking for some diversification. Um, I mean, one thing I would say about the, you know, the, the, the product that I was creating in the, the HMO market was very much about seeing an opportunity. This is going back, what, two, three years ago, where there was no industrial. You know, that was, that was you know, I could saw an opportunity to disrupt that market, try, change the way that the product was, was presented. And then, of course, I realized co-living was going to be the next big thing. It was all about the language, the vision, everything else. And so, of course, you know, that was, it was about championing this change, this next generation of the HMO. And actually, all I really did is I was, I was creating a product. I was creating a unique product. So the same principles, regardless of what market it's in, are transferable. So what you've really seen, uh, what myself and Carly have created in the hotel sector, is the same principles of great product design applied into a different sector. And, it was, and, and the reasoning we went into that sector was very much because we wanted to do I work on uh, larger projects in central uh, areal, areas in the city we love for a start, um, but also um, uh, work on a project where we could have a slightly different business model, which uh, it, it, you know was short stay, which was a hotel. Um, and also, you know, we, we were very aware of the, the service accommodation side. Um, I've, I've got some holiday lets as well. So, I, you know, I was, I was aware of that. That, that 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 industry but i think the the hotel industry is quite interesting because it's it's it, it is evolving but we've taken a bit of a jump with it we've gone very self-service very automated lots of technology great designs we we tried to kind of take all the inefficient parts of the hotel out and use all of our learnings on on product and efficiency and everything else and um and business to change so, that so the, the, the inefficient that? bits and the bit that, bit that you know I, I would struggle to get my head around is the idea of running a hotel and sitting behind a sort of concierge mm -hmm. desk or whatever yeah. just fills me with absolute horror and making people bacon and eggs in the morning you know well, okay. uh, well, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> as you say most restaurants uh, lose money in a hotel yeah yeah and also why you know why we there's no point us cooking breakfast for people because we you know the one broad street at the top of our road only 10, 15 doors up the road is some of the best cafes um, available. And we've organized discounts. So what we've done is we've actually streamlined it and we've, uh, we, it is a room only basis, but what we do is we've really thought about the product on the room side mm. and also the facilities, the convenience and the technology of being able to check in, check out mm -hmm. um, and, um, and, and streamline that part. Yeah. So when you, when you look at the, you know, when you're considering it, cause I, I I'm actually, uh, in the process of buying a hotel at the moment for, for a different plan you know the, the plan is to convert it into apartments right when I go into that hotel and I was there yesterday it's like going back in a time warp okay so mm -hmm. it, you know it's sort of mm -hmm. stuck in the mid 80s somewhere maybe late 80s if I'm being kind um and then um 
you know, so I stay in hotels a fair bit and then I stay in Airbnbs quite a bit as well, where having a family in particular, it's really convenient to have, you know, your own kitchen and all that kind of stuff in there and the, the convenience of your own space. So where does one Broad Street sort of fit on the spectrum of, you know, hotels, the kind of full service hotel through to, um, you, you know, here's your own apartment, here's the keys, or, or is it a, a new space entirely? I think it, well, I think it's a slight hybrid, I suppose. I would, I would say it falls more in the hotel category, mm. um, just in terms of the, the layout of it, the rooms, you know, they're not big apartments, they're, they are hotel rooms, but they're, but, they're, but they're hotel rooms with enhanced facilities. So we've got every room, we've put in a, a sort of small kitchenette, snack station so we've got so we've got microwaves in the rooms we've got fridges we've got Nespresso coffee machines kettle and and then little sinks in most of them so you've kind of got this ability to be able to self-cater a little bit uh to get your basics and stuff um but um but it's it's very much a room and and then you would just go out and about because people come and and it's knowing your market and knowing where you are I mean in, in Brighton um it's it's 70 percent leisure you know that's that's the market uh, in terms of waiting some other places with ac you might have a lot of corporate a lot of businesses and stuff like that we you know obviously we will cater to that to some extent but it is predominantly leisure and people come to brighton they're out and about all day mm-hmm. um so yeah so it's just so we've kind of mixed the convenience of the ac i suppose like it's self-checking we've got automated like key codes for each room um, but we, but the design and the kind of feel is like a kind of luxury boutique hotel room. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to get that balance, and so we it's a little mm-hmm. bit different. But when people are looking at it online, I would say it's it's face. It looks like a hotel, and that's yeah. that would be we would call it a hotel before. And it, and it was a hotel previously as well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say, coming back to the, 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 the you know, um, adding to what Stuart said about the diversification and going into a different market. I mean, part of that was influenced by, you know, we, we, we wanted to, we love Brighton, we wanted to invest in Brighton and, get in, and diversify, but also just kind of remove ourselves from the some of the challenges that there are in the kind of HMO market in Brighton. You've got a lot of Article 4, it's quite difficult to get planning. The planning department in Brighton do take a long time and so there's lots of you know we've had projects I've had some projects we've had issues with planning and stuff so we thought well what about like and then we knew there was lots of people doing AC and said well what if we kind of do this bit with a hotel that's already a hotel we're not going to have any planning problems with planning because it's already got the correct planning classification so we're doing it all above board um, in in a legal way Mm. with the the classification Um, and then but, but build on the learnings from the HMO because what we both do with our HMO projects is we buy, we momentum invest with them. So we buy something run down, we add value to it and then we refinance it. So we wanted to kind of bring that same concept. So in terms of what Broad Street was to start with, it was like your traditional B&B where the owners lived in the basement. They had a kitchen or office and a dining room. So they were doing everything themselves. They were doing the cleaning, they were doing the breakfast. 
and it's like well okay so you know, and just to sort of be clear hotels are are valued and financed very very differently to HMOs and yeah, I think that was, that's where that, that was my really big question actually yes. there's loads of stuff we want to cover today but my big one with my kind of business head on is when you were looking at this you know you, you understand the kind of momentum investing in the HMO market but yeah. how did you know and I'm going to fire off a list of a few things yeah. now but you know how did you know how are the, the values of, of hotels calculated and what are our running costs going to be? What are our occupancy rates going to be? Um, mm. You know, what other costs are we going to run into in terms of insurances yeah. and all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff? So how did you get comfortable with those answers? And I'd be really interested to know, let's cover them one at a time, I guess. So how are hotels valued? Well, they are valued based on performance. So yeah. firstly, when we, took, when we, when we did the uh, works to the hotel, we added a lot of rooms. We created a lot of value, just as you would do in another market. We, cre mm. we created and optimized the building to have more um, units within it. And those units are, some of them sleep groups of four people, mm -hmm. some of them are deluxes, some of them are doubles, and some of them are micros. So this is a nice spread to, for revenue income. Um, but how are, they, how are they valued? Well, that, that's all down to how you perform over time. So with the banks, usually it's at least 12 months of um, income, P&L. So that means that unlike your traditional HMO, where you can mm. go and get your refinance and you know, you've done the works and you don't even have to prove your income, you literally just do your refinance once you finish your works on projected income. In the hotel world, you need to, be a, you need to actually perform. So you need to hit the occupancy and perform. And after 12 months, your, um, your valuations will be done based on um, how well you've done. Yeah, and it's and not. How, and it's, they, how do they calculate that? Is it a yeah, kind of? It's, it's, it's going to be different depending on location, but it's this is it's it's much more like a business valuation. So it's it's valued on the EBITDA, uh, and don't ask me exactly what that is. <laughs> uh, earnings <laughs> it's basically before earnings before it, what is earnings, it, earnings before taxes. Earnings before interest, uh, yeah. tax, and drawings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this came about with just like research, you know, researching that, you know, speaking to brokers, speaking to the, and we yeah. we were actually the the bank that financed us. We went direct to the bank. Yeah. Um, so we got a lot of learnings from how they valued just through those yeah. that that process and those conversations. Yeah. And um and uh, but yeah, so basically, I mean, basically what it is is they they take the 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 figure which is your kind of net sales or your your EBITDA mm -hmm. figure which is you've got your revenue and then you take off yeah. all your operational costs that gives you a figure so it's not after your finance costs yeah. so you, your mortgage payments don't come out of that and then that figure they apply a multiplier to it and that multiplier will depend on where it is in terms of how yeah. robust the market is it could yeah. be four times it could be three or four times the EBITDA figure or it could be seven or eight times yeah. And, and for, for yours, your, what are you anticipating that your yours will come out in terms of a multiplier? Well, um, well we I mean, we've got an end valuation we're targeting, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're we've, we've kind of we've we got a good uh, deal with the bank where they yeah. they financed us to 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 buy, and and actually the, where people where there's a challenge on buying uh, an existing hotel is how it actually gets valued when you purchase it. Yeah. Because the way that people, traditional people run their B&Bs, they, they, they want to keep their 
profit. They don't, they don't show a lot of profit, do they? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's 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 in that's beneficial for that for them to to do that while they're running it. But obviously, the challenge is when you're buying something, it has to be valued as a hotel when you're buying it. Mm. So the the challenge is that it that it might get downvalued from the purchase price that the sellers want, and even the purchase price that you're prepared prepared mm. to pay for it, and that you think it's worth them. Um, we did get downvalued a bit actually from what we paid for it when we bought it, uh, but the bank were happy to still lend us the same amount anyway. That we're, we're yeah. complicated on that, but um, so we've got uh, we've got an EBITDA that we are targeting, but we won't refinance it until we've been going for 12 months, so it's yeah. our job to make sure we hit that, hit, that hit figure. Yeah, yeah, and then you're into the world of revenue management, uh, <laughs> marketing. See, this is the, I've just literally. <laughs> These are the notes I've made so far from us chatting. Well, and and also, before, you, before you can even get to that point, you need to, you need to, it's not the traditional uh, pick, pick, you know, pick your, 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 your lender and, and, and move forward. You have a business plan, yeah. marketing plan, forecast projections, cash flow forecasts, it's full business plan. Yeah. yeah. So, so people, uh, you know, people, familiar, people who've got other businesses are, are probably would have more experience in mm. terms of how a hotel might work and how it's valued and stuff like that mm. than than someone uh, that's just done like loads of HMOs. Mm. You, do, do you know what I mean? So it's like actually coming from a business background, you might have more knowledge of. Yeah, and that, that, and that it's, can, it's you know, valued as a business. And that can sound a bit daunting having to do all of that in advance it's a bit like a dragon's den isn't it you've got to <laughs> you've got to put your full business proposal and everything and marketing plan together and all costs i was having a look through some, some of your numbers and you kind of base it on a sort of 75 percent occupancy and yeah. i thought that was a really interesting figure and I, I, I was really wondering like how do you come to that because there must have been a point like when you were sort of assessing this in the early days going well how do we know how many rooms are going to be full at any one time? Is this an industry standard or how are we, how are we coming to that figure? Well, also bear in mind that, I mean, traditionally in, in, in SA, you simply have one rate and you have an occupancy and it keeps life simple. But obviously in the hotel, we've got, we've got so many grades of rooms. We've got ones that sleep for people. We've got the deluxes, we've got the sea views, we've got the micros, the doubles. And every single one of them has a different rate from X to X to Y. So it's um, well. I think initially there was a lot of guesstimating. There was a lot of guesstimating, but you know, ever flat. Yeah. So, yeah, I think let's be honest. But, uh, in any business plan, there's <laughs> quite a lot of guesstimating. Guess yeah. So we're catching. We must have gotten that figure from somewhere. So was yeah, that? Well, uh, that is quite a standard. Well, you know, because obviously there's a lot of AC. Uh, yeah. stuff floating around and that is quite a sort of standard you know we know quite a lot of people doing AC yeah. and stuff and the sort of 75 percent occupancy is quite a standard yeah. thing people use <coughs> in AC but uh, so actually we sort of went down that I think actually because I was kind of uh, uh, dealing with the numbers initially and stuff like that I think initially I kind of based it on 70 percent yeah um, but then, but then but also now we've done more research since we'd actually yeah. we're, we've kind of done it <laughs> Because with every new project, you sort of, you just steam ahead, well, especially yep. if you're profiles, you steam ahead and do it, and then you kind of learn afterwards. So we had some, we had some kind of teething problems and stuff, but we actually now are... Uh, well, well, we have, we have um, consultants to the board now. So we've got some very experienced um, hoteliers. 
like revenue managers that, that consult us directly now, don't we? Yeah. So we get some really good advice on revenue management, which is a whole subject in itself. Um, but it means that we're able to optimize revenue. So, for example, I'll just give you a very good example. Um, this month um, has outperformed the previous month, but our occupancy is less. Now, that's because we implemented some findings from revenue management that meant that we were able to get more for each room. Mm. We got more from less. Yeah. Does that make sense? So basically by, yeah. tweak, by tweaking, I mean, it's a whole world of revenue management. Basically, we ended mm. up with more, more return, but we didn't sell as many nights. Yeah. So. And it, yeah. And, and so, at certain times and you've got the seasonality. And we optimized certain revenue points on certain uh, rooms that allowed us to get a better return on each room. Yeah, and of course, and, and, less, less turnovers meant less cleaning as well. So, and we all know that if we wanted to fill a uh, um, an HMO room, we might put it on spare room or you know list it in a few different places or whatever. This is an entirely different proposition in terms of finding uh, guests, isn't it? So, one of your, I'm imagining that one of the biggest discussions must have been. Where do we market this? How are we going to make sure that we get the eyeballs on it? Because I, we all know your product and people listening to this, will, I'm sure will go and download the article because your product sells itself when people see it. But the challenge is, how do you get people to see it? So, yeah, I mean, how do you market? I mean, I mean it's, it's just, I mean, really, it's booking.com. I mean, that's, yeah. the, that's the primary platform. Yeah, followed, uh, followed shortly by TripAdvisor and um, HomeAway and um, Airbnb. So you've got the online OTAs, the OTAs. so online travel agents. Um, yeah. Booking.com is the biggest one. And that, so that was kind of like, well, we knew, you know, obviously it was going to go on, yeah. on Booking.com. And then, <clears> then that's one strand of our marketing. So yeah. one strand of our marketing is the OTAs, the nice, you know, which is pretty similar to, to, to service combination. Other strands of our marketing is direct to the corporates, direct to contractors, and that's all the marketing B2B. That's kind of a separate side because you're basically bringing in guests, uh, different demographics of guests uh, based on your marketing. So our OTA is primarily our, our main channels, but yeah. we are yeah. ramping up our other channels of marketing, which yeah. is, which so certainly, for example, in an area like Brighton, during the summer, you know, a, a great, you know, you should be able to hit very good occupancy during the summer, but defining how good, how, how efficient you are is, is not really during the summer. It's during the winter because of course everyone can fill, fill anywhere in the summer, but during the winter, you need to be thinking about how you're marketing to slightly different channels. And, and I, I guess this is knowing your market, isn't it? Like Brian's a year round destination, isn't it? People are, are, are there more in the summer, but you know, people, people want to go there year round. Um, I guess this is this is key that there's probably a lot of places in the country that would struggle where those sort of shoulder months shoulder months yeah. Gonna... yeah yeah yeah, yeah and, right. and I think I mean it is all year round but there is a very big difference I mean what what we're finding because we have been doing some proper research on the <laughs> like on the area now in the last you know since we've been up and running we are we're getting much more in depth with our, our research and we've done some proper um analysis on Brighton and stuff like that so whilst Yes, it's a, an all year round market. It is much, much more difficult in the yeah. winter. So, yeah, you, um, so you do need to you need to, you need to be very yeah. proactive in yeah. how how you do that. You can't just sort of go right in such a popular place. You know, yeah. we just all yeah. all we need to do yeah. is kind of have it on the OTAs and yeah. and that that yeah. work. We have to be very proactive about yeah. how. I, I was I was chatting to someone um I went for lunch with them actually a few weeks ago who did some service accommodation in Bath and. 
they were saying the importance of being able to sort of tailor your prices as well to say, okay, we've got a free room, you know, this coming weekend or whatever, we'll drop the price on it for this period of time and being um, proactive. Um, Yeah. So that that, dynamic, dynamic price. So that revenue management uh, that we were discussing, that is revenue management is dynamic. It has to be hotels um, deal with, with um, larger hotels, uh, hundreds of units. They deal with revenue management every morning, every morning. The first thing that comes in, all the data comes in from all the hotels and they dynamically change their, pro- change their pricing based on the stock available in the city and the sentiment in the city. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to take as many learnings from obviously the advisors we've got in the hotel sector to be as dynamic as we can be within, with our resources so that we can mm. ideally outperform the market, yeah. which is our target. So you need to be very aware of your competitors who are so in the city so you need to be um you need to know the 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 place that you're in the local market really well you need to be you need to have like some few key competitors that you keep a close eye on and that you're constantly checking yourself against them so that um you know you can't just sort of go well we'll just put it on the bat or we'll you know and and hope for the best it it is like a sort of constant uh, management it's almost a full-time job really you know what? Well, actually, it's it, that you know that was a bit of a, a, a certainly a learning for us. I'd be honest; I didn't realise how in depth revenue management was. Uh, I think sometimes when you think of SA, you think of um, putting it on the platform, setting some prices, and job done. <laughs> sit back, see the money roll in. That's um, hotels are, are probably a world away from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, um, but at the same time, it's definitely not a full time job for either of us because um it's i think we're quite hands-on at the moment and because we want to get things right but there's also a lot of it that we've systemized and a lot of stuff that we're not doing ourselves on a daily basis so um and you know i think like as we kind of streamline system as we go forward it'll take less and less of our time uh i mean what we are um you know so we've got like so we've got a, a a booking an agent that does the the bookings for us so we're not we're not um dealing with booking.com or the the money or anything like that so we were paying commission to a booking agency booking agency and then obviously we're we're on on the line channels and then we've got our our remote teams on the ground so it's really important to have Mm. really good support services on the ground so we've got our housekeeping team we've got all of our maintenance contractors out of our support yeah so all of that stuff we've got in place we've got systems in place so it's not so we're not necessarily we're not the ones that are having to go out we may take a phone call and organize something but we're not physically the ones yeah i wanted to ask actually about um you know when things go wrong um you know because you're in the hospitality business even though it's a kind of self-service um hotel as it as it were I'm, I'm sure you you know you must have guests with issues so nobody wants to be taking the phone call at two in the morning saying yeah. you know the tv doesn't work or whatever so how have you um organized the business so that your guests still get you know a really good level of service but it's not dependent upon you to be actually fielding those calls well i mean the biggest big the biggest challenge is is if you've got an automated, because effectively it's a self-service automated hotel, there's no one, there's no staff on site. That means that we need to create a, a system and a process so that you don't feel disconnected when something goes wrong. Because although it might be really nice and convenient for you to go and, you know, go into your room and have that convenience, when, as you discussed, when 
things go wrong, you don't want to feel like you're disconnected. And that, as Carly mentioned, that, that it's so important that our team that can be there within minutes if there's a problem. So we have uh, people on the fire side, on the, um, you know, on the security side that can be there very quickly. They can be on site, whether it's plumbing related, electrical related. We can, a few things sweep, you know, suddenly go into gear and then, mm. and then it doesn't matter if it's two, three in the morning. Uh, yeah. you know because because a, a tenant in a rental property is going to accept that you know it, it might take a day or two to get some something sorted but a hotel guest is not it's going to have very different expectations i guess the yeah, yeah. The, yeah the shower can't be down and they can't not have a shower in the morning so for example a number of things might happen there you know can you repair the shower can you find out what the problem is can you move them to another room you know this, this you have to you know luckily we've built up a team that can sweep in and and and, and address most issues yeah. we still have random yeah, crazy yeah, things yeah. that happen yeah. uh, you know it's a party i town. wanted to ask yeah. about i wanted to ask about guests from hell because uh, <laughs> i remember me, many years ago my first job was i worked in a, a ski resort in a in a hotel there in um uh, they, 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 we used to have some people turn up and they almost had a clipboard of stuff that they were going to find problems with um and I know they're rare, but I, you know some of the places I've stayed at, you know, kind of Airbnbs and hotels, and you read the TripAdvisor comments, and you know most of them are say excellent or good, yeah. And then you get a few which are just like this was terrible, and you think, well, it probably wasn't terrible, you know, you maybe a couple of things happened, but it probably wasn't terrible. So have they come as a surprise a little bit any any of those kind of you know we have i mean i suppose we haven't been open that long so maybe you know give us time yeah. but we've not had anyone awful i mean we've definitely had some you know the odd one that like, like you see will find something wrong but yeah. usually it's like they've had something happen like maybe not um mm-hmm. not in a great initial experience like they have maybe you know something's happened and then but then they just look for things and yeah. they, yeah. they, they, they mean, might there might be one thing that's annoying and then they'll pick up on what's never a bad day with something else or whatever and massive i mean we had snagging issues when we first opened like anyone anyone would we had a few showers that stopped working we sorted those out i mean you know when the heat wave when the heat wave started in the uk we realized we hadn't put any fans in any of the rooms (laughs) so there wasn't any fans in there we might it might seem like a really simple thing but by that point the uk had run out of fans in the south you couldn't buy (laughs) them we did have fans we'd got fans in the rooms by the time they ran out by the time they ran out yeah but the um, there was a period where a lot of people were saying it was sweltering because there was no fans in the room so of course you know uh, again we we missed that and we had to get the fans in there quickly most important thing we have now is because we've now got a team that's around us we're constantly monitoring the reviews and we're constantly using that stuff as gold dust. If something comes up, if we get a bit of mm. feedback, we're constantly implementing uh, improvements based on uh, what we're finding out from guests. And then, uh, my next question about the reviews, um, that do you, like, obviously you just said that you do monitor it, yes. but have you, how do you deal with a negative one? Do you um, write to them, you say, I'm really sorry, yeah. Well, so you've got you've got to, I think with with anything where you, where a customer's coming back to you, you've got to, you've got to come from a place of empathy first. So you've got to understand mm. what what the problem is. They're coming back to you to say, look, I just woke up in the morning, my shower didn't work, and my windows didn't open. You know, you've got to put yourself in their position. And go, well, actually, yeah, that's that's unacceptable. We need to get that shower working. And, and okay, if, is there a problem? Something's broken. You know, I think you have to put yourself in their shoes. We want them to have a great experience because you know we are you know they're, they're paying a good rate to be in that room and we both want them to, to have that great experience yeah. so 
we try and you know do all so it's can. how you deal with things i think i mean obviously if it, um if a guest if something happens at the time when they're actually there then you can deal with it and you can sort the problem i suppose the difficult thing is if you they don't bring it up while they're staying and then they'll write something in a review but so the the management company the sort of online management company that, that does manages the bookings they'll sort of go in and reply to the reviews or if there was a negative one they'll send it to us and then yeah. we can contact the guest directly and um, but i think there's there's times if there's so, an issue when the guest is there then it's always going to be better for them to speak to one of us because at the end of the day we are the ones that are going to be able to deal with that situation better than anyone else so it's kind of knowing when to um knowing when to step in and 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 it makes a massive difference if like the owner actually deals with it directly and does something so i mean we've not had loads of stuff but there there's been the odd thing where and you literally just go knock on the door and or take a bottle of Prosecco and say, you know, yeah, and yeah. then that just stuff yeah. like that just goes a really long way to, yeah. to, to making them people feel like, mm. oh, actually, you know, they dealt with it well. So I think yeah. it's just, it's all about how you deal with things and how you speak to people and communicate with people and not try and be defensive. And yeah. like Stuart says, just go, do you know what? That's completely fair enough. You've had that experience. And even if it seems like they're being unreasonable, you always mm. just look at it from their point of view. Yeah, we have we have had a few people because we've got digital locks through the building. We have we did we did have one guy, didn't we? Who was I think he was. He, we had one one person. I think it was too drunk to operate the lock. He'd been at partying. He'd obviously been. He probably he was too drunk. He couldn't operate the key I code spoke lock. I him on the phone. And <laughs> <laughs> what, when he was, yeah, he was getting quite irate with me, and I was going. I'm really, I think, I think just that he sounded quite drunk, but then he, um, we, but, but we've got this uh, amazing, like, out of our security company, and they literally were there within five minutes, yeah. um, and yeah. they, they let him in, <laughs> and then he just phoned me up and said, oh, he was just a bit, he was a bit, <laughs> he's just had a bit, few, few too many, so I called him back just to say, oh, I'm really glad you got into your room. And it was it wasn't even that late, it was like seven o'clock in the evening or something. But he, was go back out. Out. he was gonna and go I was back like, out. Hey, yeah, so that's my <laughs> second, you going back out. <laughs> and I was like, What's gonna happen when you come back? You're not gonna... So I just had a bit of a laugh with him and a bit, you know, because he so he went from being quite irate to then it was sort of his fault, but like I did but then I just had a laugh yeah. with him and he was going, I know I'm you know, I'll be calling yeah. you at two in the morning. And yeah. it just turned out, you know, so it's just been able to have those kind of yeah. communications. We, we had um we had um a, a band had booked uh, during the Great Escape Festival in Brighton where um, all the venues turn into all live music venues and um, we had a band that and I think they either lost the code or our door lock stopped working something it was like the front door something something stopped working and they couldn't get into their room and they were due to play <laughs> they were due to play and the whole band couldn't get their equipment and I think we had to have our old team swoop in and try and sort it out and then once we'd repaired the lock, which it, this was right near the, it was almost in our first few weeks. Yeah, yeah. And the, one of the locks went down and um, we managed to get it sorted and they managed to get to play their gig, which was, <laughs> but then of course next day, you know, they were there for another night. So I went round with a crate of beer and they had fun on the, on the second night. <laughs> and I want to talk about the building for a minute as well, because um, when, when, you, when you first saw it, when you first, um, you know, bought, bought it, what was it? Was it, um, I described a sort of hotel early on. Is it a little bit sort of stuck in a time? What, what was what was yours like? And you know, how many rooms was it? And um, you know, paint a picture of it for us. Um, yeah, so it was, it was quite a traditional B and B. It was it was in pretty good 
well, on the surface, it looked like it was in pretty good neck. You know, they'd, it was, it was, you know, obviously not our taste, but it was mm. quite nicely decorated. The couple were really lovely. They had, they had great reviews for their breakfast. Like he was, a, he'd been a chef and, um, and so they were operating so they were living in the basement they were operating it as it had eight rooms but they were operating it as seven because their son lived in one of the rooms um and they had uh, so they yeah they were operating seven rooms very traditional b&b type um and um so but what we wanted to do was give it a complete makeover and obviously cha change the look of it completely and uh, and the product so we were able to repurpose uh, their, their, the owner's accommodation and the, the dining room and the kitchen and the office. So we effectively created another four rooms, units from the, the space that they, they weren't using as hotel rooms. So that's where we're able to add the value because we're basically going to increase the revenue significantly by in, increasing the, the, the quality of the product, but also adding more units which is going to overall uh, yeah. increase the revenue and, and add value and then the other thing is it's um it's location so yes. i think we did a um our instagram channel's got a, a video on it at the moment and um it's three minutes from the door to the to the front of the palace pier so from the from the front pier on the pier on the beach to our front door it's three minutes yeah. So and, and so, how how many? I wanted to ask about the the works that you did with. So, how many how many rooms? It's already carry on. It's alright. I just haven't had I haven't had a chance to get a word in edgeways today. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, mean, I tried to talk, and you just like cut over me. Okay, you go. I just no. I'll just go home. I'll just go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll carry on talking then. So, um, so, so how many rooms have you got now? Twelve. 12, 12 you, sorry, not rooms, units, because they, it's all about the gradings. We've got suites that sleep okay. four people, then yeah. we've got deluxes, then we've got uh, doubles, and then we've got micros. Right, okay. And in terms of the work that you need to do to it, because it sounds you know, like a lot of places that we could probably imagine, you know, the kind of slightly old-fashioned sort of B&B style, um, great location. Um, how did you go about sort of costing out the, the works on it, and how does it compare to... <laughs> Uh, okay, well, not very well. Not very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what? Actually, you need one, to be honest about yeah. these things. The, the, yeah. the big, the big, the big difference between this and, and and your traditional HMO projects is there's a lot of stuff on the health and safety and mechanical and engineering. I mean, firstly, the um, you know the, we've got a full because we're not on site, we've got a full sprinkler system through the building. Now that's my, you know that's uh, that was a big undertaking. You've got tanks, you've got the system, you've got the water feeds coming in. You've got the building regs, you've got the fire safety, uh, and that's just one aspect of it. Then, of course, you've got the CCTV, then you've got the alarms. Um, did I miss anything on that, on that part? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think our initial approach was that we, because it was in quite good condition and stuff, I think we initially thought that a lot of it would be cosmetic yeah. in yeah. the existing rooms. But then there was just so many things that we had to upgrade, like Stuart said, in terms of the fire stuff and everything, that it became a much bigger project mm. than we thought so it did it did end up costing a lot more um but we still did it in um well, you know we, in a short space of time i we, mean we we, we could well we tanked out the basement we tanked out the basement convert reconverted the basement created a whole lot of new bedrooms new en suites we met with obviously because it's commercial we had to hit some quite heavy duty sound um insulation yeah. um uh, uh regulations then obviously the fire the the fire the alarm the uh, sprinkler 
and we did the whole renovation in three and a half months. Whoa. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the builders were working. The builders working. Yeah, there was some evenings and weekends there. Um, we probably would. <laughs> It was a five-month project. It's a five-month project. Five project that we squeezed three and a half. The design, so, it's obviously in, sort of in, in line with what you've done previously, Stuart, but yeah. who was in charge of the design? Who, how did you go about sort of going, yes, this is the look? Was it a joint okay. decision? You know? we, um, we, we did it very collaboratively. So, it's, um, I mean, you know, I, 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 you know, I used to uh, build and run uh, agencies design agencies so and you know everything's very collaborative in, in in the design agency world um so it was really good working with carly because we've um we kind of brainstormed ideas didn't we we tried things you know um and we you know the the project um the the photo shoots uh, you know they've got lots of new concepts in there you know we're working with uh, the artificial um artificial uh, greenery we've got the up and over beds we've got certain lighting that's you know, we've got every Although there's different materials you might have seen before, there's there's a whole breadth of new concepts um, of new ways to to do lighting, new ways to try try materials and very very kind of special reclamation pieces that are unique. And we I wanted to do something where it kind of took both of our influences and created something a bit yeah. bit new and a bit different. I mean, the great thing about design per se is you know you can always keep raising the bar. You can always keep coming up with fresh ideas. There's no that shouldn't ever be uh, a, a limit. And actually, this, this 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 was a very good project that showed that you can just keep yeah. coming up with new, fresh ways to approach things. And I think it was, you know, obviously Stuart, um, I would say Stuart led the design side of things and we were very much building on what he'd already, a lot of the influence where he'd already created in his co-living. But sort of ironically, I was there at the start of that pro process as well because... Um, when we first met, like I, we did, I did some mm. private mentoring with Stuart and stuff. So it was really, so it was really interesting, and it, it was totally him. All of those uh, design ideas and the co-living and stuff were totally him. But it was really that I was there supporting him through that process, which was really interesting. And then to work together on this, and what I really enjoy from the creative side is, like, um, I don't think that it's my creative skill to start like to come up with a lot of the ideas but like what I can do is throw in ideas and I think that's yeah. where it's worked so we sort of looking at what Stuart had already created with Cool Living and that was the foundation mm. so I would say he took the lead on that and then we would have brainstorming things and <clears throat> where my creative things come in I'll just like go oh, oh what about this and throw that in well, and then do you remember do... the um the up and over beds the headboards that go up and over the ceiling and then we've got the do you know you've got the artificial grass that goes through I mean totally crazy idea could have could have completely flopped but actually it turned out it's so iconic part yeah. of the photo shoot um, and it's so completely different and that didn't yeah. come from anywhere we just came we up just stand in the room and I was I, I just because we had weirdly that they'd They'd put the wood in, but they left the, those gaps, hadn't they? And then, they? And we and then I, I just went, well, what about if yeah. we put the artificial thing yeah. in there? And so then we, we were like, oh, yeah, you know, we, you have to, you know, you have to try things. The way, the, way, the way that I've always kind of seen design is, you know, in that situation, we try something, and if it doesn't work, you can always tweak it and revert mm. it. We're on site. We've got the carpet, you know, all the teams there. You know, mm. we can, there's, there's a, I, I kind of, even with all the other projects, you tend to design about, 85%, 15% is always designed on the fly. You've got to have some creativity because you can't design something six months ago and deliver the exact same thing. You've got to have some creativity on the ground because once you're there in the environment, in the space, you get to uh, tweak it slightly.
And so, um, going back to the financials on this, can we do a, a, a financial overview of the project um, as as is? So, um, what you paid for the property, how much it cost, um, and what you thought it was going to cost, and how much it did cost to, <laughs> to do the works on it, and um, you know what it's going to deliver in terms of profits and um, you know the EBITDA and uh, valuation on it and, and all those kind of things. So, if you guys are happy to talk through some of those, that would be incredibly useful. Uh, yeah. So let's start with the purchase price. So, um, what what did you pay for the building? So seven hundred and seventy-five. Okay. Um, which is interesting because, like, a building like that in Central Brain, if that was like a residential property, it'd probably be like oh. one and a half, two million. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's so that's thing. quite what's quite interesting about that is interesting. Actual I mean, buildings themselves. If you put our kind of developer hats on, you know, you kind of think, well, actually, you know, we knew it was a great asset. We knew the location was brilliant. As Carly said, the residential value is higher. You know, we, we, at the moment, this is a hotel and for the foreseeable future, it's a hotel. But that asset could be many things in the future. Mm. It's in a great location. It's a great mm. building. It's a massive building. So as, an, as, as a value for an asset, that was a great mm -hmm. value. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so then, yeah, sorry. The right, yeah, so... so how much did it cost to do? Because, you know, we know if it's an HMO or whatever, it's very easy to sink 50, 60, 70,000 pounds into an HMO, isn't it? And this is, this is a bigger proposition again. So how, how much did this thing cost you to... <laughs> it's about 200,000 to, to renovate, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't sound that much money. No, I it's mean... It's more than we thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, I think we just under... Yeah, under, uh, yeah, under yeah. kind of estimated it before. Or, well, what... Well, what happened was it was like a lot of stuff that we didn't know that we were going to have to do because of the reg mm. side of things. So there was just a lot of stuff that we didn't account for. So, you know, yeah. just things like the sprinkler systems, like 15,000 um, mm. to yeah. put in. And then we had to, you know, the fire alarm, you know, it seemed as though there was the fire alarm system that was in there was, was okay. But <laughs> yeah. actually we had to completely replace it because of the sprinkler system, because we mm. wanted it to be monitored. So then that was another 10 grand on the, on just the fire yeah. alarm to get that redone yeah. and then the soundproofing so you so basically all the costs that we hadn't accounted for yeah. were probably things that we just didn't even realize that we had to do yeah you see um, your extras being in te in like hundreds or thousands when your extras are in tens of thousands <laughs> <laughs> it's like it starts yeah. mounting up <laughs> so yeah, yeah so, so we probably so 200 i think is you know that's yeah that, that's a fair enough you know for yeah. what we did i think yeah. we did well and for what of what a lot of our other hotels budget i think we um yeah. and the time and also the other thing the the time scales that we turned that round in yeah the build team you know move heaven and earth to make it's that. a very quick build that isn't it that's yeah. a very quick build yeah how was it working so had you guys worked together before or was this your first no, yeah actually do you know what actually that's that's good you mentioned that because i think you just touched on that before so carly was originally uh, my mentor many years ago. This is before I went on the mastermind program and everything else. Carly mentored me, um, uh, just one-to-one -one mentoring. We worked together for about a year. And in that time, that's where I had that idea about changing the HMO industry, you know, the co-living being the next thing, industrial, these new kind of product. Um, and at that time, there wasn't anything like that, was there? No, I mean, no. it, was, it was just a vision and Car Carly helped us formulate that vision. Um, and then we became friends and then, and then I went through the mastermind program, um, which I think that was off, off the article, I finished that and then, um, got on the stage like you did on the, through that one. And then, and then we were kind of toying with the idea, but the acquisition phase where we toyed with the idea, that was about a year, wasn't it? Yeah. Cause we, God, 
did we have the idea like before? I think we sort of before Mastermind before we had, well, yeah. we were still working together. So yeah. so I'd kind of mentored uh, Stuart for the year yeah. and then stopped just before he started Mastermind. And I think it was before that that we just went. Oh, what about some applying some of these principles to the whole thing? Because everyone's okay. going on about SA, and I always had some reservations about the whole planning side and the fact that there's probably going to be a lot of regulation coming in. And you know, I think that there's there's going to be a lot of stuff coming into the SA market that might mess it up a bit for some people. And you think, well, what? And then I'd had all these problems with planning and stuff like that in Brighton. So like, what about just doing a hotel where you don't need to do any planning yeah. stuff, and then we can just do something similar. Uh, and then, yeah, so then Stuart started Mastermind and then, so, but then we just started the process of trying to yeah. source. Yeah. And it, then took, it, probably it took, took um, it took a long time, Angra, to, to find, to find yeah. a problem. In fact, we had one that fell through. That's right. Yeah. yeah we had one that fell through uh, and then we thought we were back to the start and then we had another one and um, yeah, it, it took a long time to find a property. That was going to be my next question, actually. When, because you said that you sort of had the idea. Um, mm. And the way you said it before, it's kind of as if like you were sat at the pub, like, oh, let's open a hotel. Yeah, why pretty not? much. We went in the pub, <laughs> but that's pretty much the, the way that it happened. And yeah. um, did you then actively look for the hotel, or did you did it just catch you where you saw it was for sale? And you're like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. It was, very, it was very planned. It was, it was a we we because you know we when we were doing the mentoring, um, we, we always done, did a lot of brainstorming sessions so mm -hmm. it was very much like the agency world where you just brainstorm strategies concepts different ideas or ways to approach things and then you put a plan together for how to implement it and when I was going through the mastermind program very much I put a plan together for what I wanted to implement over the year and what I wanted to achieve and, and we uh, part of that was the acquisition of this crazy idea that we actually we might be able to find something that, that was in this uh, in the hotel world so uh, through that period we started a campaign of trying to reach out and it's uh, to direct a vendor to find the right kind of uh, leads that might be the right kind of hotel. You know, we, we started thinking we were looking for one thing and then discovered the opportunity was something else. Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, it, it took a long time, but it was very, it was very planned. Yeah. It just took a long time. Yeah. And how was it working together? Like, what did you naturally fall into two roles? Did you? We better hope this, we better hope this answer goes well, eh, Harris? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually been really organic and it's, it has just happened really naturally I don't think we've ever sat down and go right okay this is your role this is and I think we, we, we just naturally even though we're both creators which can be a dangerous thing because then you've got well, who's taking care of the, yeah. the detail which is but we, we take the lead what we do is um, yeah. we, certain people take the lead on certain things yeah so although I took the lead on on the uh, on the product and the design uh Carly was involved in nearly all of it but it's um but i took the lead so yeah. i had a responsibility hat on for certain things yeah. and it works really well in business if you've got people that take take the lead in certain areas but then collaborate yeah. to uh, to achieve it yeah so then i would take so i took the lead i sort of take the lead at the the acquisition part in this so when we were uh, in terms of the when once we'd got agreed with the owner so i was dealing with the communication with the owners so regular and, yeah. and then taking the lead on the finance side yeah. i would say and then of course uh, we worked together because of course i've i've built businesses so i had experience of um business plans mm. and the various mm. other things yeah we did that very and much we, together we did that we? together and we pitched yeah. to, the, to the bank together and so yeah and so then, yeah that works so then and then i probably managed that process of just the, the communications with the people i would, yeah. I would yeah. say yeah, and yeah. then the kind of actually the structuring of the the finance so i did the spreadsheets and the yeah. Like I, that, that and me, but it was all feeding in. You know, I, I thought I was good at spreadsheets until, until I met Carly. <laughs> <laughs>
simple species. <laughs> they have to be simple. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so yeah, it's been it's been very. It's, it's been, been kind of quite natural. We've sort of fallen into the natural rules, haven't we? And yeah. uh, but but then there's just a lot of overlapping, and we just we always end up. We it's very easy us just to come to an agreement like we've not yeah. i don't think we've had even if, we, if one person go i don't know about that or we'll just somehow find a compromise and and yeah. it all just happens it's quite i don't know and, so, and certainly within the hotel project now we're starting to find that we're now surrounded by a lot more of the kind of team around us so as we built the team i mean as as, as you guys know from, from from the ypn and building a team you start with one person then a few people and then as you start to build that team the support network you're basically, you know, you're the, you know, you're the people that are making the big strategic decisions. Uh, but actually, you've got this team that works around you. Mm. It becomes so much more efficient. Yeah. Well, and throughout the project, it's quite a big project, and you know, you're kind of going in a little bit blind. I think you know, you're sort of new to the hotel. Don't buy me yeah. that. <laughs> Isn't that entrepreneurship right there? <laughs> but what have you learned about yourself? Need a lot of learnings. Lots yeah. of learnings. Yeah. yeah. Like, what have you learned about yourselves going through? You know, working in a new team, sort of new, brand new industry. Like, what have you learned? Um, I, I mean, for me, Sorry, I think working, you on the spot, in, yeah? working, working in a team is is much better than working on your own. It's, it's a much it's a much better experience than working. On. You you can do stuff on your own if you want, but, but and and the relationship is just really important, and and it's working with the right people and just making sure that you're aligned and and just being really you know that. So I think a lot of the layer, you know a lot of the learnings is that you you know just finding the right people to work with and um and uh, sort of learned about um i mean obviously it's a completely new sector so we've a, a lot of it we have you know we, we've learned a lot about where we can see uh, <clears throat> through the course of the project we can see where we went wrong in certain things so we, mm. there's learnings that we can yeah. we can sort out for the next project so we, so that and that's always you, you know you do something new for the first time there's no way that you can do it perfectly with, yeah. when you start and and you know so but but actually the whole process we've learned a, a, an awful yeah, lot I mean, from this and there's loads of stuff that we would do differently yeah i mean next time we would have you know the the kind of consultants and advice we're now getting in from kind of the hotelier world now is i mean it's some brilliant advice coming in yeah yeah that was going to be my my sort of i guess observation rather than question that it seems to be really your learnings have come from obviously, you know, learning the hard way and, you know, not necessarily making mistakes, but, you know, you're learning as you do the job. And the other ones seem to have come from surrounding yourself by people who are, you know, in the business and have got decades of experience. And it sounds like that's sort of shaped your, the, the business direction a lot. I think, I think we realized early on that if you want to be in um, the hotel industry, you have to really kind of immerse yourself into that, that, that world. And in also, you know, you have to certainly the revenue management and the advice, you have to surround yourself with, with people that can help you um, excel in there. It's no different to business when you bring in, you know, the, the best consultants you can possibly find. I think um, we wanted people that, that had experience of outperforming the market, the local market that we're in. So um, that's, that's exactly what we've done. So how did you find those people? Um, well, luckily, uh, through my um, social circle, uh, there was um, I know some um, uh, general managers of very big hotel chains, and they knew people, and they put us in contact, and and um, uh, and and we've done it we've done it through that way. So they they have the people who consult us. They um, they have worked for some of 
biggest hotels in Brighton. So it's and cliche, that's, but that's all quite new. So this is all quite new that you know, we're, we're learning as we go. Yeah. You know, so that's that's mm. something that we've been sort of implementing just over. I mean, it's, it's sort of classic cliche, isn't it? But your net your net uh, work is your net worth, isn't it? You know, you yeah. surround yourself by the people who know what you need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's you really sort helpful. of mentioned it briefly. Um, are you planning on doing it again? Well. <laughs> wow. What was that? Is it a breaking news? Yeah. Uh, well, they, oh, we, exclusive. <laughs> we have exchanged on we another just hotel. Exchanged, yeah. Oh, oh congratulations! Amazing. Central Brighton. Yeah. And then, obviously, you know, our sales and marketing team will then spread across um, both hotels. So yeah. So that, that is massively exciting. <laughs> very cool. It's very cool. Although, We've got a delayed completion because we do. It is a listed building, Ant, so we uh, might need some advice from you. Yeah. So no, okay. That, that I can help. Good. Yeah. But both, although you know, you've got experience there. We that's totally new for us. Yeah, so, you know, so, that's... Uh, yeah. Great, great. Oh, yeah, so let's do another hotel. Oh, we're so experienced in the hotel. Great right. <laughs> too, or... We're just, we're just doing <laughs> let's get one listed. that's a listed building as well. It's, it's great too, yeah? Just great too. Great too, yeah. Just okay. to give ourselves a bit more. <laughs> so um, so we, we've got a delayed completion where we do the planning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is like just... Smart move, yeah. Not too bad. Yeah. But we've already had... Um, uh, pre-app. Pre-app advice from yeah. the heritage guy and stuff like that so we've got a, quite a clear yeah well, we, understanding of what they're yeah the, the is it a, not a hotel at the moment then it is, yep. uh, well yeah it's a very run down backpacker okay. hostel so okay. oh my kind of place then this is very run down this is this yes. is you wouldn't I don't perfect think. love it <laughs> So, um, so what's what's the planning on it then? Is this, this is to 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 reconfigure it internally to create some extra rooms and? Well, yeah, because that's the thing about which we didn't know. We found out through the the through the whole purchasing process that you needed planning just to move a toilet. Basically, I mean, you just it's just yeah. you need planning yeah. for anything, don't you? Any yeah. internal change, any layout changes. So we're not yeah. the alterations are not massive. Yeah. Um, but obviously we need to put anything that's fixed to the wall needs to be on the planning application. So any of our cladding, any of that sort of stuff, all of that. So we have to kind of design it right now for the yeah. So you're almost doing like a sort of design and build. We're doing it now, yeah. We're doing it now for the planning side of things, yeah. Never done the 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 kind of first fix and design phase this early no. before a project because I know what will happen. We'll get four months down the line. We'll probably have some load of fresh ideas. I know. <laughs> we'll be changing then, some of it. I mean, that's the thing. So we can, you know, yeah. so that you know, so we we kind of have to make some quite big decisions yeah. now, yeah. just before we even put the planning application yeah. in. Yeah. So that, but we've got really good architects uh, yeah. that we worked with for the first time on the last hotel. So we've got him doing stuff, and, yeah, that, and that's and the, been great. And the pre-app was really good because um, they're on board with what we want to do. There was a couple of things that they weren't happy with, but we've 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 yeah. sorted those I mean, out. It doesn't so, have very many original features in there, to no, be fair. So no. there's not there's no. a few things we had to keep. The biggest thing is actually we've got to replace all of the windows. <laughs> so because <laughs> yeah, there's like uh, the, yeah, at the back of the building yeah. they put PVC windows in, so yeah. we have to replace them all with wood. Yeah. And the current owner went to this massive trouble of replacing the sash, the, the windows on two of the bays, costing four grand a bay. Yeah. Um, to do to get wood, and he made them look beautiful, but double glazed wood. It, but he didn't get the he didn't go through listed yeah. building consent. Okay. And they're yeah. beautiful, but they have to be replaced. They have to come out. Sing- single glazed. 
Yeah, and then what we need to do is then secondary glazing on the inside. Okay, I found, I, I, I was actually weirdly, yeah, I was looking at exactly this problem yesterday in single glazing in listed buildings and a secondary glazing product that sits inside it. So okay. I will, I'll send you the details of it. And I was, I was stood in a, um, I was stood in a grade, two star or grade one listed building where they use it. They're using this system at the moment. Um, so I will send you details of the product. Oh. Interestingly, the, um, uh, one, one Broad Street has uh, internal glazing through the whole building. Yeah, it's got yeah. secondary glazing. Yeah, secondary glazing. But it's just yeah. crazy on this list. But I mean, he like the, the so the guy went to all the trouble of doing this, and they, they look great. I mean, they look totally yeah. fine. But yeah. they, it's like the, the guys are like, no, you have to replace it back to single. Uh, the, the number of stuff that happens in a listed building, which people don't get permission yeah. for, is but, I mean, this is, this has had decades, <laughs> decades of stuff, yeah. which has just never had any planning. Um, yeah. And also, you know, they're on board with the fact that we want to uh, modernise and bring this back into its original yeah. state. So, or, or into, you know, we'd wanna, we want to uh, um, improve it. So they're yeah. on board with that. Well, it, guys, so we're conscious that we've been on the on this call for just over an hour now, and you know we could, we could stay on it forever, probably. But um, it's, it's hard to get a word in. Yeah. yeah. Anything else from you? I think that's everything now. <laughs> Don't worry, she'll have plenty to say to me offline about it. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, uh, so people listen to the podcast and they want to kind of you know follow what you're doing in a bit more detail and maybe make contact. Is there anywhere we can direct them to? Yeah, there's a there's a website that we have uh, for the hotel. It's called onebroadstreet.co.uk. Yeah, the word one. The word one. O N E. Yeah. Um, and of course, we've got we should be on. You should be able to find us on Facebook under one one broad street and also on instagram as well i'm just giving you a follow now and then, oh excellent and then obviously you can yeah. contact us uh, we, we're both on facebook as, as people <laughs> okay fantastic we're both on facebook as people <laughs> as real people we're on facebook well that's great that's good to know so and uh, if you're listening to the, the podcast that you would like what, to what kind of people are you <laughs> <laughs> and you would like to download a copy of the article with all the kind of internal pictures and the financial breakdowns of the um, of the project and, and everything in just a bit more detail then you can do so at yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash stuff so that's yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash stuff guys it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today we wish you every success in the next project it sounds really exciting and maybe we'll catch up in six months or so and take a look at that yes Thanks for listening. Don't forget you can go to yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash stuff. You can download the article that we create from the podcast so you can see all of the case study pictures, all the uh, financials um, and a bit more information uh, in there as well. And there's loads of other useful things to download uh, on that web page as well. And don't forget to rate, comment and subscribe to our podcast.